Welcome to the Spurs News Podcast, your home for all things Spurs. Now, let's join our host for today. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Spurs News Podcast. I am Sam and as always, I'm joined by Matt. How you doing, buddy? Mate, very, very well, very well. <laughs> At the moment, until until Saturday. How, how much did you enjoy the new intro music for this podcast? Awesome. Mind you, I've, I must have heard that music on about... 15 different videos that have all been put put into old videos, you know. Oh, oh the, the football's coming home. <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the GIFs and the movies, the memes are fantastic on that. I actually meant oh. the audio at the start. That's oh, the no. audio from Dyer's Penalty. Yeah, just, just, fan- it, it's, it, it's, it's, a, I keep having, like, now it's, now it's done and dusted and obviously we've now got the quarterfinals. Yeah. I have to keep reminding myself it was just a, a last 16 game, but it felt like, when because I was down the pub with a couple of friends, and yeah. I think if I celebrated like that when Dyer scored that penalty, oh, what, I, I don't it, know. what would it be like if we won it? I, just, well, I think I'd just collapse. I, think. I, I don't know what happened in this country, to be honest with you, because the sheer joy of winning a penalty shootout, and I looked around. I mean, look at the reactions of when Kane got the last-minute winner in the first game, you know? Yeah. Just the unbridled outpouring of emotion and then winning that penalty shootout and seeing all over the country and I mean I I shouted I was in my home and I absolutely shouted like I couldn't believe it just <laughs> a pure outburst yeah. and all the windows are open of course it's a massive heat wave at the moment and yeah. I heard the whole road where I live there's everybody doing the exact same thing cars beeping their horns you know people just let out this massive cry Oh, it was fantastic. Um, you, I mean, that, that's why I love sport. You know, just yeah. just that un... You cannot... Nothing brings people together more. Unfortunately, it also divides people, you know, <laughs> once we get back to the Premier League. But yeah, sure. when it comes to the national game and stuff like this, you know, people talk down about the national team and stuff. I'm one of those people that got really disenfranchised, disinterested in the national team. But... This group under Southgate, Harry Kane, you can tell how much it means to them. Oh, absolutely. Kane you know, punching the ground and screaming. Oh, and, just, and I watched that with like hairs on my arms stood up. I was like, yeah. finally, there's a group of players there who get it. Mm, yeah. Do, do you know, for, for me, and I'm sh- I'm pretty certain I'm not the only one that, that, was, that had this kind of attitude, but yeah. for me, Gareth Southgate, Prior to this World Cup, yep. all if if anyone ever spoke about him, my thoughts were he's just a yes man. They just put him there because he's just a yes man. Yeah, he's useless. Like if we make it at the group stages, I just had I actually envisaged envisaged just Gareth Southgate just standing there with this sort of gormless look on his face as yep. we get trounced by you're, Belgium you're, you're and get knocked out. Steve McLaren level of just standing yeah, there with the umbrella. And, I, yeah. and I'm I'm so disappointed in myself because he has been. A revelation for this 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 this, this our team, isn't yeah. it? You know, and and the one of the masterstrokes, and, I, and I, I'm genuinely I'm genuinely not saying this just because I'm a Spurs fan, yeah. But a masterstroke is putting Kane as captain because Kane is one of those players that just uh, you know, and I'm I'm sure we've had the discussion before, but he's one of them players that you know, a bit like David Beckham, where he was never born with blessed with I can imagine as much talent as some football players but yep. he just got to where he's got to by just sheer and utter determination just yep. he wants everything so bad and that that attitude just seems to be rubbing off on the other players isn't it yeah and and the example the guy sets I mean he is just um 
just a phenomenal professional. Um, you, you, everything he does is is very good, and his work ethic. There was an interview with Danny Rose this uh, past week talking about Harry, and okay. he was basically just saying that you know club captain Hugo Lloris, but if the lads got any problems, they go to Harry. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know, as, as well as he go, he wasn't saying that to be disparaging. He was basically just saying that in that dressing room they have got two captains. Yeah. And Harry is one of them. And he he said, you know, he just deals with things. He doesn't take any crap. He just deals mm. with stuff. Um. He talked about how he's the first one there every day. He said, you know, it's not a cliche. It's genuine. He is there before everybody else in the gym. So when you arrive, Harry meets and greets people like like the manager would. He said that you know the manager's there early, but Harry's in the gym. He said yeah. and he's genuinely there later than everybody else. He puts in that amount of work and that amount of effort because he wants to keep setting goals and beating them. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, what that, an example! You know, God, what an example uh, that, at any was, level. Yeah, I was going to say like you know. I've mentioned it before. I've got a little six-year-old little boy, and uh, if I ever wanted a role model, and I mean, luckily oh, enough, yeah. he's a Sp- I'm a Spurs fan, and he's he's without choice going to be a well, Spurs fan as well. Yes, the, but yeah. it, just what a, what a role model? What what it some is. some not not you know like I say, there's there's been football players in the past, like you know, let me think of like Gascoigne, yeah. uh, Hoddle, maybe these are yeah. these are these are players that have were just blessed with talent. And don't get me wrong, obviously Harry Kane had talent to get to get to. You know, yeah. to to the level to start with, but you can see that the vast majority of where he is now is just sheer and utter determination. And yeah. like you say, you know, the first one there in the training pitch, the last one off, and that that's it, isn't it? That's that's the example. That's the kind of the role model you, you want for, for young children. You it know? is. Yeah. No, he's phenomenal. I mean, yeah, man. I mean, we're talking World Cup right now. Um, mm. Obviously, we're talking England winning, um, <laughs> uh, winning a penalty shootout. I I got to admit, I was so proud that three Spurs players took those penalties. At the same time, I felt like I was watching my kids do it, which is ridiculous. <laughs> but I was so nervous for each one. Like When Harry stood up, I'm like, he scored three penalties already, or four, or whatever. Yeah. He's going to miss this. He's going to mm. miss this. I can't believe mm. it. The pressure must be insane. Yeah. And he buried it. And I was just like, oh, thank you so much. When Marcus Rashford stood up, I'm thinking, how old is he? He didn't look like he fancied it either, did he? But he, he got up and he walked out there and I'm thinking, oh, that kid looks terrified. Yeah. Oh, what are we doing? Oh, no, don't. And I was thinking to myself, you know, forget clubs a second. I'm thinking to myself, anyone who has said, yeah, I'll take one. If you miss it, I still respect you. It doesn't matter. You know, because I'm. St- if you stood there and went, yeah, I'll do it, then you got more bottle than the vast majority of people who were going to criticise you. So, you know, fair play to you. But I was looking at him thinking, oh, why have they let this kid go up there? I mean, this could break it. You know, this could break his confidence for life if he mm. misses this. But my word, he buried it. And it is so overlooked. His panel is probably the best one we had. Yeah, well, well I'd, Trippier's I'd, I'd, as well. Yeah, I was going to say I'd argue <laughs> Trippier's is pretty decent. Um, I mean, Anderson missed. Um, it was a good height for the keeper, unfortunately, and the keeper guessed the right way. That can happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if the keeper had gone the wrong way, then you know that that's a solid penalty. Um, hopefully that doesn't knock his confidence because I think he's having a fairly decent World Cup. Um, I I was blown away by Trippier. When he yeah. was walking up, I was thinking, why Why are you doing this? I know you're having a great World Cup. I know you're now the Lancashire Cafu, but what are you doing? 
bang. I mean, that was just pick this out. Um, mm. I loved that. I mean, I was just over the moon with that. I mean, Pickford did brilliantly. Um, stood tall, and not only did he do brilliantly making the save, he also every time took the ball and handed it to his England player. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, you know they they worked out this kind of routine. They've been practicing, and in the practice, they have their routine, and that part of that routine is Jordan Pickford takes the ball to them. Yeah, and so all of them were able just to block everything out. Just I'm just doing what I've done fifty times in the last week. That's all I'm doing. Yeah. I thought that was I thought that was brilliant. I thought it goes to show that Southgate, as a coach, has taken probably one of the worst moments of his life slash career, and has and he doesn't want his players to have to go through that. And he has put a real focus there, yeah. Because right. oh, they look brilliant. They, and <laughs> the first time ever an England team has done that in a World Cup. Only the second time ever in competition. Yeah. And I think that speaks yeah. volumes. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I, I would say, and I don't know if you, don't know if you agree with me, but Dyer looked like he was really didn't fancy it either. But have you I, seen that he didn't know he was taking one? Oh, really? I didn't know that. <laughs> so basically, Jamie Vardy, and uh, look, I, I'm not a Jamie Vardy fan, okay? Now, I know a lot of people really like his rise from non-league and stuff like that. I'm sorry, the guy's an ass and a racist, and I can't yeah. stand him. So... On this podcast, I'm never going to be praising Jamie Vardy, I'm afraid. But he apparently was the fifth penalty taker. He's a striker. He should be. He should be someone sticking his hand up. And at the last minute, he went, no, I've pulled my groin. No way. So Eric Dyer turned around and went, yeah, I'll do it. (sighs) Now, you go from missing that header in extra time, which was a real easy chance for him, Mm. um, and... You thinking about the fact he's come on as a sub, he hasn't been playing well. He he'll say it himself his form at this World Cup probably because he's been sort of stop start hasn't been good. He hasn't justified getting into the first eleven, and he's come in and he has stepped up and buried that penalty. And it mm. wasn't the best penalty, but he hit it bloody hard enough that the keeper, even though he guessed the right way, wasn't able to keep it out. Yeah, well, he got a hand to it, I spinner, didn't he? He did, yeah. yeah. There's enough power in there that he, he couldn't stop it. Well, I mean, he's an Arsenal goalkeeper. He's got a weak wrist. <laughs> yeah. I, didn't, I, didn't, I don't know. Was it on both channels? Because I was watching it, I think, on ITV. Yeah, it was and, on ITV uh, only. It was on both, was it? No, the com- no just ITV. I was just on ITV. Yeah. But the com- the commentator said when uh, Trippier got up, because yeah. I've watched these penalties like a hundred times since, yeah. uh, it's Arsenal versus Spurs. But yeah. that happened three times, mate. <laughs> yeah, no. But I also don't like the fact that that commentator kept referring to Harry Kane as one of our own. Uh, excuse me. Yeah. He's, yeah, one well, of, he's one of our own. Our don't, own, yeah. Don't <laughs> the rest of you start trying that rubbish. Yeah, exactly. Sir Harold Kane, as he will be known, is yeah. ours. Yeah, none of that. Yeah, yeah, we're sharing him for a few weeks, all right? You're borrowing him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You can all enjoy the wonderfulness that is Harry for these few weeks, and then that's it. Done. He's back to us. Yeah. Maybe in a couple of years for the Euros, but right yeah. now, you know, you, know you, you mind what you're saying. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I, you know, I've been following England internationals since. Oh, well, I mean, I think I've said a few times the first real World Cup I'm, I was properly aware of was '90. Um, and of course, we knocked out the semi-final on penalties. Yeah. Um, so I've lived from ninety to now on the penalty being knocked out. You know, I've seen it Portugal twice. You yeah, know, sure. Um, yeah. I 
Argent, yeah. So for me, getting to watch that alone kind of made my World Cup. You know, yeah, I've yeah. finally seen it happen. My eyes have seen it. <laughs> yeah. Um. Obviously, you backed Germany to win the World Cup. <laughs> uh. Have Have you decided to change your mind? Is Is anything happened that might have? Uh, no, did you get that? Did you get that digging in the last podcast? <laughs> uh. You can count on it happening every week. <laughs> so uh, genuinely, now we got the quarter finalists. So we got uh today. It'll be Uruguay, France, mm-hmm. and then you've got um, Brazil, Brazil, Belgium, Belgium yeah. us and Sweden. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, England and Sweden. I shouldn't say us, mm-hmm. you know, England and Sweden. And then it's Croatia, Russia. So from them then, who are you backing? Who's going to win the World Cup? <sighs> you just like, you set me up for a fall every time, don't well, you? Well, keep in mind who I picked. Who did you pick? I picked England. Oh my God, of course I, I said football's coming home, Matt, and you and you laughed at me, Matthew. <laughs> Everyone laughed at me. They've definitely got further than Germany, haven't they? They have. <laughs> do you know? Do you know? I I, I fancy actually. I, I I'm, again, I'm going to set myself up, but Uruguay, a yep. tough, tough team, and they've got yep. some great players in their squad. I want. I mean, they've, they've. It's not like they've kind of not done well in the past. No, <laughs> you know, they're no, pretty no. decent. Pretty decent team. I mean, I've, there's two time. World champions, your yeah, boys at so, once. Yeah. Yes, twice. Well, I think it might be, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I can't remember. It was even once or twice. I think it's twice. Well, I did actually. I, I said it in one of my previous match yeah, stats, and yeah, I can't remember was. now, which is oh, like, sort of my memory really. <laughs> I, I am, I am shocked. People listening to this who have listened to all the podcasts are going, "Wow, he read the stats out. We don't know them." <laughs> The whole illusion has been burst. I, I, I've slept since the last podcast. That's yeah, my yeah. It's, it's our age, mate. It's this yeah. heat as well. But Absolutely. almost like I, I meant to do this, it's now time for Matt's stats. And now it's time for Matt's stats. On the Spurs News Podcast. Right then, well, the first uh, stat is something that I'm pretty sure every single person in England, let alone football fan, knows about, which is it was our first World Cup penalty shootout win in our history. Amazing, (laughs) amazing. Oh, fantastic. We've had, we've had, I know you mentioned it earlier, but we've had, Three. We've had, this is our. That was our fourth one. Yeah. We've lost three in the past, which was uh, West Germany in the semi in 1990, yep. Argentina in the last 16 in 1998, and against Portugal in 2006. Yeah. But but interestingly, now we've we've won one and lost three. We've got the same penalty shootout record as Spain and Italy. So Ooh, we're in good wow. company now. Yeah, they've won one and lost three of their penalty shoots out as well. Oh, I feel a little bit better. Yeah, we're in good company now. Yeah, we are, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, Spain are in the world. Oh, no. No, they've gone. No. That, and that was, and Italy are, of course... Oh, no. No way. Didn't even they've make gone. it. <laughs> yeah, good times. <laughs> and talking about teams that have gone as well, uh, you know which, which team has got the best penalty shootout record in World Cup finals? Germany. Yeah. yeah. Played four, won four. Ugh. Oh, no. Sorry I had to say that. Yeah. Bloody <laughs> buggers. They are the Arsenal of you know international football. I know, they really yeah. are. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was like I think I mentioned to you, to you in the last podcast, but it's like, like the whole nations are Spurs fans and Germany are Arsenal. That's yeah. what it feels like when if you speak to another England oh, fan, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, that that is the genuine <laughs> feeling. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Right, but um, 
so penalties uh, penalties in open play yeah when Harry Kane scored that uh, penalty uh, against Colombia that was our 11th penalty that we've had uh, and scored on the trot so we've we, so 11 penalties we've had 11 we've scored on the trot Matt that goes back to... Uh... <laughs> there are a lot of people right now cool. currently thinking to themselves what I am about to say. Go on, go And on. that is, if we get a penalty in the next game <laughs> and we miss it, we are going to hunt you down. <laughs> We've got Harry Kane taking him. Don't worry about that. Oh, what are you doing? Oh, what are you doing? It's, it's like you don't understand how Sod's Law and Fate works. <laughs> I You're do. a Spurs I'm... fan. You should understand this better than anybody. <laughs> uh, I, I, I am actually considering editing this whole stat out of the podcast. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Carry goes, on, carry on. I, I need it... to turn around three times and throw some salt or something. You carry on. It goes back a long way. 1958. Tom Finney's is in 11 on the trot we scored. Oh. That's not a bad record, is it? No, that's that's, that's brilliant. Yeah. No, but the most so the most uh, penalties that have been scored uh, in open play. So we just forget about penalty shoots out shootouts. Spain they've scored 15. So they've had the most. So maybe we get another four in these next few rounds, and then we can catch them up, can't we? That do. Yep. <laughs> that do. Yeah. Talking about penalties in open play as well. I think we mentioned it in. I think it might have even been the first World Cup podcast that we did, yeah. but uh, how I think I said to you that at the time there was like ten or eleven uh, penalties that had been given already, and the record was eighteen. Is eighteen? Yeah. What well, was oh, that, eighteen? That must have been smashed. Completely twenty-eight penalties we've had so far. And, and do you know <laughs> what? I'm not even convinced all of them are VAR given. I think a lot yeah. of it's just referees are clamping down a bit on the whole grabbing people by the throat in the box. Something yeah. that, yeah, they should have clamped down on. Um, yeah. Well, perhaps but, it is VAR. Right? Perhaps it's referees are giving them now because they know they'll have someone in their ear if they don't. Yeah, no, absolutely. Mm. Did, did you see the, um, you know, they do those those online petitions, don't they? Yeah. A, have you heard about this this Spanish one that's come out? Uh, no. And it, it most likely has come from from a Colombia fan, but they've already had two hundred thousand signatures, and they basically want the the game replayed because England cheated to get their penalty. Did we? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Apparently, I, Harry Kane dived. Yeah, yeah. I I can understand that. To be honest with you, I often when a guy's trying to jump on my back and I carry him, I I hit the floor and I I accept that that's my fault. Um, I I gotta be honest with you. There was a lot of stuff um in the online and things, and a lot of videos being shared by Colombian fans of stuff that I did not see in the game that England players were doing to Colombian players. Okay. Um, I did not realize that someone uh kicked a Colombian player in the head, for example. Right. Okay. Um, what's the name of their striker? Their star striker is gone. Falcao. Yeah, Falcao. Yeah. Uh, yeah. John Stones. Whilst he was on the floor, just gradually trotted past. Oh, and, I remember that. Yeah, yeah I do remember. Yeah, yeah. Referee didn't do anything. Um, so I, now, don't get me wrong. I watched the whole game. It was reactionary stuff. Yeah. But I, I do kind of get their point of view in this, which is. They're being painted as the dirtiest side to ever play World Cup football when England were reacting. Mm. And it was escalating on both sides. Now, it's something I hope the coaches for England are going to look at because any team playing England now would just think, if we get them wound up, they'll mm. lose their heads. Yeah. Um, and 
a lot of teams are a lot smarter at it than Colombia. Think of Portugal. Portugal are a team that yeah. have done that for years, but they've done it in such a way that they always look like the victims. Yeah, um, I think yeah. I think the key I think the key word though, Sam, what you said was reacting, and and that's yeah. the thing. Like, you, it's just human nature. We're, we're reacting to them, aren't we? Yeah. I, I'm not. Like, I understand that I've got the bias being being an England fan, but yeah, you, you know, it, they're 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 the ones that are, that, that that were were doing all this. I mean, I I don't know if you. I think they might have shown it on the, the half-time thing, but was it the assistant referee who sort of shoulder-barged Sterling as he was coming off the pitch? Uh, you mean the, assist, the, the assistant coach? Yeah, and yeah. and then and then they catch him looking at the manager with a rice smirk on his face. So yeah. it was all kind of planned. Yeah. So that, that good. I mean, I I don't get me wrong. I know it needs to be within the laws of the game, but if they're going to start all these little dirty tactics, then it's almost like and and it, do you know what it relates actually to to when I watch Spurs sometimes, like, you know, we can be naive sometimes. Yeah. And I think by, by not, you know, n- not being dirty cheats, but just kind of going, look, you know, you can do this. We'll, we'll show you we're not going to get walked over. It takes a little bit well, of that naivety away and we're, we're ready to challenge you, you know? The the battle at the bridge was the game where Tottenham said we're no yes. longer a soft touch. That's right. I mean, yeah, and yeah. since then, we've never had to go that far because teams know they can't wind us up without getting some <laughs> mm, yeah, um yeah. i i am a big believer i mean I, i'm a rugby lad and back when i was playing rugby someone stuck one on you you could stick one back on him and the referee would say right lads you got that out of your system let's play some rugby mm. in the modern game that's two red cards yeah. in football back when men were men and shorts were short if someone kicked you up in the air and you got them pushed them over, the referee get between you and go right. Come on, boys, let's play. Let's play some football. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if you get booted up in the air and you retaliate, you're the one getting the red card. Yeah. Think of Beckham. You know yeah, that guy absolutely. fouled him. Yeah, he yeah. flicked his leg out like you know, silly red card. Yeah. Now we can look at that and go, that's stupid, but that is the game. That is the rules of the game, and if you retaliate, you're going. So I can completely understand when you have seen an England player kick someone in the head and the referee's done nothing about it, not even a yellow, why you would say, well, why did we have seven players booked and, you know, why did that, why was nothing done about that? I, I can understand feeling aggrieved. In reality, the, the better team won and went through. Um, yeah. I think Colombia didn't, didn't play as well as they could do and I think, unfortunately, they showed you know a real nasty side to their mm. game mm. which i think if they hadn't done if they just tried to play some football they might have actually done a lot better yeah yeah but yeah I, that's my it's, opinion yeah it's you know part of it probably was the fact that they knew they weren't as as a technically gifted team so to win the game you know they they probably had to go down that road you know yeah which quite possibly not, yeah uh, okay, man. Back to your stats. Back to my stats. Right. So that Harry Kane penalty uh, means that we've now scored nine goals in uh, this World Cup, which is the second highest we've got now. Oh, wow! It, we, we, we've overtaken the eight that we scored in 1954 and 1990. Yeah. And we're now only two behind our best tally, which was in '66 when we won it, which Yay. was eleven. <laughs> So if we win 2-0 against yeah, we've, Sweden, we've, we've equaled and yeah. we're into the net. Wow. Yes. Yeah, that would be, the, that'd only be the, the courses, wouldn't it? So we'd yeah. still have a couple more to, to beat it. Well, of course, because, you know, we've got to win the whole thing, so we'd have to score more. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. If your prediction's going to be right. Coming Honestly, home. I don't know, if, if our next podcast, if we've, if we've been beaten by Sweden, yeah. it's going to be part of me that's going to want to really 
you know, rub it in. But another part of me is like, well, I'm, I don't want to because I'm upset as well. No, so you've done it, quite well if, picking if, Here's the thing as well. I've said this a couple of times and people may not agree with me. If we get knocked out by Sweden, uh, you know, whatever, or we make the semi-final and we get knocked out, my main thing I'm going to take away from this World Cup is I finally have seen an England team who look like they care. Yeah, yeah. So as long as they go out and they give it that same effort, they give it that same intensity to try and win the game and try and advance, then, you know, I'm proud of them. And, you know, even if they don't win the game, then then I'm proud of them. If they go out with a whimper, like so many of the prima donnas we've had in the past have, the Mm. golden generation, which Mm. just turned out to be a group of individuals who cared more about their club than their country. Yeah. Then you know whatever, um, but yeah. this group looked like they genuinely care. Yeah, um, they do. And yeah. for that, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm happy. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Well, I've got, I've got a couple, um, just a couple of quick stats on on the game uh, on Saturday. Okay. So, uh, r- ranking wise, we're twelfth. I didn't realise we were that high. <laughs> and uh, Sweden are ranked twenty-four, so they're t- uh, twelve rank- ranking uh, teams below us. Okay. Not that I think that's going to make much difference. No, nope. you know I don't, I don't think it's. Do you know I was looking at the, looking at the Sweden squad, and they've got a couple of players that you know I recognise, like you know, Olsen and Larsen. Apart from that, I genuinely could not. I just who are they? <laughs> no, no, I know. Yeah, they're they're just a very strong unit. Yeah, they, they are. are uh, without trying to sound disparaging, they are the West Brom to Tottenham, and that, yeah. is, that is the thing that worries me. They yeah. will play this game on Saturday. Like their lives depend on it to defend, mm. and they will be ten men behind the ball, hoping to just get one mistake, grab a goal, and then defend it. Yeah. So the game could be very painful, but if we get an early goal, then then this should be fun. Should be game on. Um, yeah. If they get an yeah. early goal, it's gonna be painful. Yeah. No. Absolutely. I've got one final stat which yep. I found really interesting actually. So, England squad, the entire mm-hmm. squad play in England yep. Sweden the entire Sweden squad play away from Sweden huh. complete opposite yeah well no that's quite funny <laughs> and the only other team that had they're not in anymore Senegal they're the only other country to have all their players uh, not playing in Senegal hmm. but yeah not one single Sweden player plays in Sweden well yeah I know, right we, I know we've had the conversation before in a previous podcast about you know how it, it, you know, there's not many been many England players that have played abroad, yeah. especially not recently. But you know, what is it? Is it is it, is it a, a, a reflection on how strong our league is? Is it a reflection on just English people don't like playing, don't like going abroad um, to play football? It's it's a real sort of quite big quite a big anomaly, really, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, the Premier League has a lot of money. You know, as an English player playing in the Premier League, you can command a lot of money because of the homegrown players rule. You're not going to get that same money playing in Germany, Italy, yeah. uh, possibly at the big two in Spain. Um, but yeah, you know, you, you look at the fact that a player like Chris Smalling is earning over a hundred thousand a week. Can you imagine clubs on the continent paying him that? Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. Uh, it yeah, just it just doesn't happen. Um, yeah. So yeah, uh, all right, man. No, that was good. Thank you for your latest round of stats. <laughs> it sounds it sounds to me like you know you're convinced that England are going to win. It's it's one of those heart heart versus heads. I just like my my heart says we can do it, but my my head. You know what? It, it's just the it's just the previous experience. It's that kind of 
you like you know setting yourself up for a full kind of feeling you know yeah, I, I just I, I have been I have been and, and you know you was talking about the intensity the intensity that we played in against Colombia yeah. that is the one thing that heartens me because and I said to one of my one of my friends when I was watching the game we 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 was almost playing at a Premier League pace to, um, and that's so unusual yep, seeing England Big play time, like yeah. that at a World Cup so like you say if we, we but the only we, if we did that we you know we, we we'd have a good chance of winning but like you say you've got you've got Sweden they're going to stifle us and the other problem we've got is it's being played very early in the day yep. in the stifling heat so you know yeah, it's going to be hot but on the plus side we're mm. playing against a team that you know, hopefully we'll have the same issues with the heat. If we were playing against a South American team or an African team, you'd, you'd probably think it's a bit, bit more of a disadvantage. But it's gonna, it's, Sam. It's gonna play into their hands, though, isn't it? You know, because they, like you say, they're gonna want to play, te- you know, ten, yeah, ten men behind the ball. They can play at that sort of slope. They can stifle the game, can't they? And that's they that exactly that'll play but, into. The, but so it's gonna depend massively, like I said, on if we get an early goal. Um, yeah, no, you know, of course. If we yeah. can, if we can go out them early and get something, the whole game changes because mm. they got they got to open up, and we got the players to just rip a team apart. If that's yeah. the case, you can yeah. you can you saw that. I mean, again, on the the, uh, the the Columbia game, it was the same, wasn't it? You know, you you could see that that was our aim, wasn't it, to score early? And yeah. you know, for the first thirty odd minutes, we were we were all over them. Yeah. They, they just yeah. started growing in confidence, Colombia, didn't they? Well, this is it. When you got the, this is the thing that Tottenham have as well, which is when you're on top, you need to get the goal. And mm. the amount of times I'm watching Spurs play, and I'm thinking, oh, you've got to score soon because if we yeah. don't, this game's going to suddenly start to become a lot more problematic. Yeah. But yeah, I um, I, I'm quietly confident. But I said something to my daughter, so I'll pass this on to you and everyone listening as well. I, enjoy this, enjoy this, but get carried away. Enjoy it on Saturday at three o'clock when the game kicks off. Then go into the stress and worry. But until <laughs> yeah. then, enjoy it because there, this doesn't happen. Very no. often, I've no. not seen us get this far since two thousand and two, yeah. and I've not yeah. seen us play this well since Euro ninety six. So yeah. enjoy it. You know, I said yeah. this to my daughter: just have fun. Don't let yeah, people say, don't let people. Oh yeah, but it's England; they'll mess up. Oh, shut up. Just, just yeah. enjoy this. Just enjoy this ride because it ain't gonna last. <laughs> and, or, and also, or it might. You know, yeah, and what and, and, a phenomenal thing that'd be. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and and and, and uh, you know, alluded to it, alluded to it earlier. I I didn't give ourselves a hope before the game, nope. before the tournament, that we was even get at the group stage. So uh, even now, we've achieved more than what I thought we was going to. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, man, enjoy it, enjoy it, embrace it, get involved, and yeah, just have a good time. So, um, mate, I we've had a few questions on the page recently. I, we always put stuff up about you know questions is there anything you want us to discuss on the podcast and we got quite a bit this week which is great which we'll come on yeah. to but one of the recurring themes i've had a lot is people asking questions about the stadium mm. now i have followed this from ages ago now part of my job's to do with properties and things like that so i find developments interesting mm. i know nerd but <laughs> so i've kind of followed this quite closely so when i'm seeing people ask questions i often think to myself how do you not know that it's mm. been out there it's in the press so I wanted to run over some stuff about the new stadium. Um, and some of this you might not know, some of it you might. But okay. So, yeah, uh, sit back, my friend. I'm about to uh, commence the lecture. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay, so the new stadium. Uh, the capacity of the new stadium is going to be 62,062. The old White Hart Lane capacity before, obviously, it was reduced, etc., was 36,284. Uh, those figures are from the Spurs official website. 
So 62,062 from 36 to 84. That's a big jump, mm. obviously. Now, the biggest Premier League stadium is Old Trafford, 75,653 capacity. The next is the Emirates at 6260. So we are going to come in as the second highest capacity ground in the Premier League. I did not know that. I thought, I thought St James's Park was up there. St James's Park is at 54,000. Oh, no way. I thought it was more than that. Yeah, so did I. Sorry, yeah. 52 in odds is. Uh, the City of Manchester Stadium, 55,097. Uh, would you believe West Ham and the Olympic Stadiums at 60,000? Uh, the Emirates 60,260 and obviously there we are 62,062 and then then there's Old Trafford which is off on his own but yeah Mm. so I mean that brings us in second highest ground capacity in the Premier League now a lot was made of the old White Hart Lane pitch the old White Hart Lane pitch was 100 metres by 67 metres that was the smallest pitch in the Premier League that title now belongs to Everton the reason why you can get away with that outside of Premier League pitch size rules is because of the old stadiums. They just generally couldn't make the pitches any bigger. Mm. Um, so old White Hart Lane did have the smallest pitch. When we moved to Wembley, the pitch size there was 105 metres by 69. It doesn't sound massive, but when you square that off, it meant that last season, on average, our players were running a hell of a lot more than they yeah. were the season before. Yeah. Um, so fitness-wise and things like that, a little note as well, Pochettino has given the squad an extra two weeks off for pre-season this year. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. Well, they had to run that much more last season. Now, obviously, the internationals at the World Cup and stuff are going to come back, but the players that aren't at the World Cup, they are actually coming back. I think it's this Monday coming. They were expected back. You know, the press thought it was going to be two weeks ago. Then yeah. everyone said it was going to be this week. But no, it, you know, it's now been revealed it's next week. Okay. So Wembley was 105 metres by 69. The new pitch is 105 by 68. So it's going to be very similar to Wembley, just slightly, you know, slightly smaller by one meter. Um, but yeah, so that that right there shows that playing at the Wembley pitch last season is going to be invaluable for the team. You know, having mm. that season playing there. Mm. It's almost like a it was a practice season, wasn't it, for the it, new stadium? It, it was perfect yeah. because it yeah. gave the team, you know, all of that experience of playing in a massive stadium playing on a much bigger pitch and surface and also the experience of changing ground as your home venue mm. it's going to be invaluable so yeah you know, i know we had our ups and downs of it last year but i really think that experience is going to be phenomenal mm. now part of the planning permission for the stadium a lot of people might not know that the spurs can have up to 16 non-tottenham events a year now, by non-Tottenham events, that are 10 can be sporting. So think NFL games, think boxing, think different things can happen at the ground. So 10 per year and up to six non-sporting, so like concerts and things like that. Yeah. Um, the stands have been designed to be as close to the pitch as possible. Now, what that in essence means, one of the big things with these type of new modern stadiums is the fans are no longer right on the pitch and the atmosphere is never as good 
as the old style stadiums. Mm. Tottenham worked tirelessly with different designers, architects to try and combat that. And they came up with a solution. And it is, here we go, let me find the exact wording. The new Tottenham Hotspur Stadium is as close to the pitch as possible and is closer to the pitch in any comparative stadium in the world. No way, in the world. In the world. So any stadium of this modern design, the bowl design as they call it, it is as close to the pitch or closer to the pitch than anywhere. So to give you a little example, a measurement from the stand, so being the fans at the front, to the goal, so the actual goal where the goalkeeper stood, at Arsenal is 13.5 metres. So the nearest fan to the goal where the keeper stood is 13.5 metres away. At West Ham, the Olympic Stadium, it's 16.5 metres. <laughs> Why does that surprise me? <laughs> yeah, yeah you got to get your binoculars. <laughs> the South Stand, the single-tier South Stand for the new stadium is 4.98 metres. Yeah, that's insane, isn't it? So the Emirates, 13.5, mm. our new stadium, 4.98 the north stand 7.97 so further away but still a fraction you know yeah. not nowhere near can, can you can you imagine um you know uh, they talk about the, the cop don't they you know with these yeah. singles can you imagine being a goalkeeper for the opposing team oh, with a penalty for example yeah. when you've got when you've got the nearest support of 4 meters away yeah yeah they are going to be right on him you know and so that south stand then is 4.98 meters away it is a single tier south stand of 17 and a half thousand fans tottenham fans um now you may see a lot in the news at the moment about safe standing being investigated Mm. i asked a question about this a few weeks ago of a few people to say well if safe standings granted does the capacity go up and everyone answered me no they're saying that you're basically substituting a seat for a person standing yeah in the actual planning permission for tottenham the answer is actually yes Okay. In the planning permission, it goes into detail of how if safe standing is implemented, then you are actually allowed to put more people in there. Because when you take all of the chair, the seats out, mm. it creates more per capita space for the yeah, area. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And that would actually increase the capacity of that stand by an additional 1,500. Wow. So that would become a 19,000 <sighs> capacity stand right behind that goal. Four point nine, basically five meters away from the goal, you'll have nineteen thousand Tottenham <laughs> fans standing there, rabid. You know, well, haven't, haven't they got like? Isn't the, the the Bournemouth capacity for the entire stadium something like twelve thousand? Well, yeah, it's so more it's like than that, but yeah, it's, it's, thousands and thousands and more yeah. than their entire stadium. We're going to have in one stand. Well, yeah, I mean, if you look at it now, seventeen and a half thousand in that one stand. I mean, you go to League One, League Two, capacities of the grounds are less than that. So yeah, it is that one awesome. stand is going to be an absolute wall of noise, and it has yeah. been designed by a company who specialises in aerodynamics and sound engineering. That's awesome. So what they have done inside of the stand, so you've got the roof of the stand and everything like that. They've actually gone as far into the design process of making sure that none of that noise generated escapes. Mm. All of it is funneled into the pitch. Yeah, that's awesome. And it's the first stadium to ever have that implemented. It was something Daniel Levy was quite hot on himself. He mm. he didn't want to lose the White Hart Lane atmosphere. Daniel mm. Levy has said many times he felt there was nothing like Tottenham on an evening game, like a Champions League match at White Hart Lane. He said teams hated going there. 
because of the atmosphere the fans generated. You know, a nighttime game or anything. Just White Hart Lane was special for atmosphere, and he was desperate that increasing the capacity that wasn't lost. So it took him longer. Uh, it cost more money, but this south stand has been designed, like I said, five meters from the goal. And it's been designed that all of that noise, none of it's going to go out through the roof or anywhere else. It's just going to be funneled straight onto the pitch. Can you imagine, like, you know, you've got the atmosphere at the old White Hart Lane, which was like, you know, I've been there on a, on a few uh, European nights. Yep. And it does make the hairs on your back, back of your neck stand yeah, up. This time. is going to be almost twice as many fans there. It's it just, really it's, is. It's yeah. going to be insane, the atmosphere in there. Yeah. And and that, that stand, I mean, it's just going to be something else. Uh, yeah. So that's that. Some key dates then. So hopefully some of those facts are new for you and other people. But yeah. one of the key questions is, is it going to be ready on time? So let me hopefully put a few people's minds at rest. The club, not quietly, announced it, but people haven't really paid much attention to it, that all of the test events are now going ahead. Excellent. So the first test event is the 5th of August, not long. Then there are test events scheduled for the 18th, 19th. The only reason why they've not got a set date for that yet is because of policing. Mm-hmm. Then the 25th and the 26th of August and the 1st and 2nd of September. All of those events are going to be different. So they're going to be events along the lines of open training and things like that. Just designed to have people attend the stadium, use the facilities and leave. And get and the staff used to it as well. Like, y- you got it, yeah. The, yeah. the whole idea of test events is you have to get certificates for certain things. And the only way you can get them is to run test events. Yeah. Um, yeah, of one of them could even be musical. It's just not been confirmed yet. But the key thing is these test events are all set now and are done. And you have to give these to the police time in advance to prepare. Mm. So they are there. So that means the stadium is on track. The first game is the 15th of September, of course, versus Liverpool. So that, I mean, that's just going to be something else. Um, yeah, yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be unreal, isn't it? I mean, they, I don't think they could have, apart from Arsenal, maybe. I don't think you could have picked a better team to have our first. Given given game. the what's gone on with us in Liverpool this last season, I think yeah. it's the best. best Just it could fantastic, be. isn't it? I mean, yeah. you know, what are Arsenal now, other than people that play up the road? They're not even a <laughs> <sighs> They'll be busy in the Europa League preparation. Um, oh, you brought it in. Well done. Oh, yes, there it is. <laughs> Um, so yeah, there you go. That is my information about the stadium. Uh, like I said, hopefully there's some stuff in there people didn't know. Hopefully the knowing about the key dates and the test events might reassure a few people who are a bit anxious about the thing. Uh, but all of the information, everything's out there. You can get all of this from the official Tottenham website, which has just been revamped. There's a whole section on the stadium. Um, there are various uh, YouTube that do daily uh, videos, like from drone footage and stuff. Ah, oh, like I love that. watching those. Um, phenomenal. There are a couple of videos of Hugo and Harry walking around the stadium. There's videos of Pock and Levy walking around the stadium. Um, yeah, so all stuff like that. It's all available. Go and take a look at it if you want to learn more. But yeah, hopefully some of that's been interesting. Awesome. Do you know who's going to be the first singer to perform there, don't you? You know, it has to be. Well, it should be Adele. Adele, yeah, yeah. absolutely. She's a diehard person. I'd, I'd love for Adele to do it, you know, yeah. but uh, hopefully Chaz and Dave will open for it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> Do you think they'd pull the same crowd as Adele? <laughs> I, I gotta be honest with you, mate. I'd go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I went and watched them in the Royal Albert Hall the other week, and actually pretty bit, good. Bit of Chaz and Dave opening up in like late afternoon, and then you can have uh, Jesse J. She's a Spurs fan, yeah. um, and then and then a bit of um, for a bit of comedy, Mickey Flanagan. He's a big. Sp- oh, and so is uh, Michael McIntyre as well. Michael McIntyre, yeah, massive, yes. yeah, massive awesome. Spurs fan. Yeah, yeah get get them on as the compare. See, we've we've done it already. Daniel Levy, give us a ring. We'll book you a, a nice day. Um, so yeah, man, that's it. I mean, the next part of the podcast this week is all of the questions and stuff we've got from uh, Facebook and some from Instagram. So let's get on that. And now it's time for your comments directly from our Facebook page. Okay, I have got a load. You want to start with Instagram or Facebook? Let's for a change because we haven't had the Instagram ones before. Have we? No, let's, no, let's these are to new. The Instagrammers. Now the lovely Laura, who's part of our admin team, handles Instagram, so I never really get to see it much. Mm. Um, she, she's you know she handles it. She's very possessive as well. Don't ever try and take <laughs> off her. Oh, she's ferocious. Um, <laughs> I, th- I think she's got the hots for like some of the guys on there or something, and that's why she's territorial. I think if we ever went into the messages on the Instagram, it'd be pure filth. Yeah. Um, but anyway, moving on from that. Now, this is a test, by the way. I'm not convinced she listens to this podcast. Ah, good test. So, I like so it. if yeah. she does listen, and she does yeah. listen the whole way through, I think she listens to the first 10 minutes and then says to us, well done, guys, that sounded really great. Yeah, I don't think she's listening to this. Yeah, so well, uh, yeah, uh, I will be giving out her phone number next week. She's a very attractive <laughs> lady, so if she doesn't mention this to me, I will be giving it out. In fact, I'll start this week. Oh seven, there we go. That's the first two digits. <laughs> anyway, um, so from Instagram. Um, now the thing on Instagram is it's people's screen names. Yeah. So I don't have. So uh, this could be interesting. So the first one's from Callum Carroll twelve. With sixty million, who would you buy? So go on, then, Matt. If you had What's... sixty million, who would you buy? Who's that give you nowadays? <laughs> yeah, per- perhaps just who would you buy? If you could buy a player for Tottenham to improve the team, who would you buy? It... Don't say Gareth Bale. No, I'm not going to say Gareth Bale. Zaha. Z- Z- Let's bring Zaha in. We we can get him for sixty million, can't we? Um, I'd like to think so. Yeah, yeah. That, that's actually who I'd pick. By the way, that yeah. actually would be my choice, Zaha. Yeah. Um. He's classed as homegrown. Um, he's Premier League quality. He lives in London, so you wouldn't have the same upset like when he tried to go to Manchester. Um, so he could stay living where he is. I think it'd work out. I think he'd be a match winner for us. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's who I'd buy. So there you go, Callum Carroll, twelve. Hope that helps. August Graf says predictions for the upcoming season. Uh, we're going to win the league. No, I won't go that far. Well, you're a fool. Football's coming home and Tottenham are going to win the league. World Cup winner Harry Kane's going to barrel in 40 goals. There you go. So how about this then, Sam? So you've already said that if England win the World Cup, you're going to get uh, Gareth uh, no, Southgate's No, no, no. I didn't say Gareth. I said Southgate tattooed oh, on my ass. What, so the word Southgate? Yeah, the word Southgate so that way I can get Northgate on the other cheek and confuse yeah, people. So, so, <laughs> no, you're going to have to say the other cheek because the challenge has got to be if we win the, the Premier League, Pochettino. Yeah. There we go. Well, if we win the You're Premier League, getting him... No, no, I can't get Pock tattooed on my ass if we win the Premier League. I'd get him on my arm. Really? There you go. Yeah, I'd get what? Pochettino smiling face on my arm if we win the league. There you go. There ne- we go. Next season, though. Yeah, next <laughs> I'm season. I'm not having this hanging over my head forever. 
Um, okay, so predictions for next season. Genuinely, I think we got to win a trophy. I mean, I, I know people glare and they have snarled teeth and stuff like that. We need to win a trophy next season. The good yeah. feeling around the club and stuff like that towards the end of this year when we couldn't win one again, the atmosphere was a little bit nasty. Um, yeah. People were getting irate. I think this squad, that you know, for three years we've been saying it's a good young squad. At what point do they stop being young? Mm. And I think this is the point, I think. The squad are twenty seven, twenty eight now. The you know they used to be twenty five. The yeah. twenty two, twenty three year olds are now twenty five, twenty six. We we need to win a trophy this year. So my predictions for the season is at least one trophy. There you go. Yeah, do you know what? And, and I, <coughs> I genuinely, I genuinely think this. Um, how how England get on like against Sweden? Maybe not even so much because after the penalty shootout, I think that's gonna. Have a make a massive difference to the mentality of a lot of our English players that well, especially so. play, and and I genuinely do because there's no bigger stage in the World Cup, is there? You no, know, and no, they, they 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 you know like I'll pick Dyer because the most pressure was on him. Like Big time, the yeah. first one to, for him to do that just shut just I, I, you could almost see the maturity like you know yeah. just grow on him. Once I know, obviously, it was a massive celebration, but. I, I think that's going to have made a big difference to, to the mentality of, and I, and I think you know, let's, let's let's say for example we get knocked out tomorrow. Okay, I'd like to say we we'd, we'd progress, but even if we get knocked out tomorrow, those boys will go back home, and the you know the that kind of the, the success they had in that game, and to show that you know if you want something you can do it, you know, no matter how much it looks like it's not going to happen, it, it might rub off on the team, you know. So we. I'd like. I'd like to think league, league, hopefully top four, and poss- you know, either I'd like the FA Cup, but you know, to be honest, I'd even take the League Cup. Yeah. I would I'd genuinely just take it. I just, top, we just need to win a cup. Top four a trophy. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So yeah. we have uh, I don't know RCIS Wavy RCIS W A V Y says, can Eriksson emulate Dembele's role and play him as a central midfield replacement? Would mean mm. buying an attacking midfielder or another winger. Um, see the thing with Ericsson is he really is important to us he not only is a playmaker he also sets the tone for the press so often which people don't realise he is uh, he tracks everything and he works so hard he, the amount of games he comes off and he's run further than anybody else which he just doesn't get the credit for um, I think we'd lose an element of that if he drops further back at the same time I do understand the thinking of having a deeper lying playmaker but it's, it, for me, it's greatly down to how we want to play. When Dembele plays, he's kind of a box-to-box. He picks it up, he drives forward with it. He's impossible to tackle at times. You know, the guy's just like a brick wall. Yeah. When he's on, he's the best player on the pitch. Um, and it, we're going to miss that. If we carry on playing the same way, we need to replace him with a player who can do the same thing. Yeah, Ericsson Ericsson isn't a Dembele, is he? They're, they're, no, they're different players. No, very different players. But but like 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 you know, with with Dembele, you know, like you say, he's he's the one that will win the ball or you know won't won't let it you know keeps possession, and then he's looking for the outlet like Ericsson, isn't he? You know, Ericsson's an outlet to yeah. look at to then then create further up the field. You know, you you don't want it. It's almost like in a way. You know when Harry Kane was taking the corners, you know for England, yeah, you, you want him in the it. box. You don't want him yeah. taking the corners. You no, know he no, needs he needs to be the it. you need a Dembele you need a Dembele type player to be looking for Ericsson, don't you? You know so I, you I, do. I don't think they're a like for like. If 
if we are to change the way we play and we want to have a deep line playmaker, then put Harry Winks there for me. Mm. Yeah, uh, he always looks forward. He tries to drive forward. And he's always looking at a pass. Um, yeah. So that would be me. Yeah. Um, the last one from Instagram is the official JLY. Where will Toby go? Uh, don't care. Yeah, nor do I. Just no, as soon as he gets out of yeah. our club. Do you want to... <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's sad uh, because of how great a player he is, but at the mm. end of the day, he doesn't want to stay. So no. Um, I think uh, no smoke without fire. I think he's going to be at Man United. Yeah. I Unless so. a club from abroad come in and get close to our valuation, he's going to be a Man United player. I can st- I can still see the um, older world Martial swap happening. I can still see that happening. Be interesting if it does. I yeah. um I'm always uh, swap deals, you know, re- rarely happen. Um, you know. But say but saying that though, Sam, like you know, I'm not trying to uh, say to get above my station as a Spurs fan, but but bearing in mind that we have uh, qualified for the you know we've been in the top four for the last three seasons. I know, and any non-Spurs fans that could possibly listen to this, I know in their mind, first of all, you haven't won a trophy. Yeah. But I, I regard ourselves as a fairly big club now. So when you look at when you look at the big clubs in the league, they normally, if a if a player goes from one big club to another, it's normally a swap, isn't it? You know, you look you, you look in the past, uh, players have gone. They say, right, you can have him, but we'll have so and so back. And I, yeah. you know, I'm trying to track my brains. Arsenal have done a couple, haven't they? When they got Petr Cech, they gave who did they gave Chelsea um, someone? Didn't I thought you were on about big teams. <laughs> yeah, but not, when they, yeah, they, not, they were they were they were not, in the top not, four not the at the Euro, time, not the <laughs> At the time, they were in the top four. All <laughs> oh, right, okay. Well, I don't, know. I'm not tra- I don't get me wrong. There's no way in any shape or form I'd like to big up Arsenal, but I'm just that they were for a long time. You know, they qualified for the Champions, they, and they won in the past. As much as I hate to say it, they did win quite a lot of trophies in the past. So luckily now it's all falling apart a little bit for them. But you know, another one was um, actually Carl, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Yeah, Carl yeah. went and then Gallas went the other yeah, way. Yeah, I so, mean, so there, there's, this, cl- there's this myth that people band around about big clubs don't sell to their rivals. That's crap, mm, by the mm, way. Yeah. Um, it's happened ever since. Uh, I mean, think about when Leeds United were one of the top clubs in the country. They'd won the league in the 90s. Then they saw Canton out of Man yeah. United. Yeah. Big teams sell to each other if the other team pay the money, right? Yeah, it's, it's a yeah. nonsense that they don't. So people need to snap out of that when we sell a player to another club. There are certain teams we won't deal with, and that's Chelsea's one of them. Um, mm. That's just down to off-the-field relationship. It's nothing to do with if Chelsea turned around and wanted to pay us £80 million for Alderweireld and the relationship was different, we'd take it. <laughs> yeah, course, it's yeah. just, you know, it's one of those things. People need to realise that. So uh, going to Facebook then, the first one I've got here is from a Matthew Vernon can you, well, he says, can you ask, but can you discuss why Pop gets a huge pay rise, then goes quiet over doing business early? And how many yachts and oil paintings does the faceless Joe Lewis own? Um, Matthew, I'm not quite sure what's rattled your cage, my friend, but <laughs> Pop got a pay rise based on performances um, over the last few seasons. I'd, I'd find it quite hard to argue that he's not deserved that. Um, how many yachts and oil paintings does Joe Lewis own? Loads. And yeah, he's a billionaire. He's a billionaire, man. Yeah, absolutely tons, and good luck to him. Um, yeah. Why Why people think that just because he's got money he should invest it in Tottenham, I don't know. Um, I, I don't understand this this thing. Um, yeah, he's a billionaire. The reason he's a billionaire is because he's smart with his money. Um, 
Really, mate? I don't know where you're going with that. You just sound, you just come across a bit bitter, though. Um, I, I think, I think part of it, and it, I don't think it's just uh, say Matthew that's that's said this. I, I think it's the kind of the the way things are. Look, I look, I understand, right? That we said that there was there was the hint when after the um, the Leicester game that Pochettino's kind of implied that things are going to be doing a, done a little bit differently, and I think people read into that that there'll be a lot of early signings, like a bit like what Man City did, did uh, yeah. last season. And I can understand the I can understand the frustration with that. But at the same time, like and we've discussed this already, the two of us, we've got a very good squad. And I'm just saying that we've got a very good squad. So so to find the player is there's no point just going, Oh, you know, we want to get some signings early, let's sign so and so. it has to be the right player because we've got eleven players on that pitch that are you know, if you want to dislodge any of those one eleven players, they're going to have to be pretty good. Yeah. You know, you, you got you also got to look at the point of view of um, you know the stuff about selling before you can buy. It's not so much a financial thing, but you have got squad rules around how many players you can have and things like that. If we were to sign a foreign player at the moment, every other club knows that we cannot register him for the Champions League. Mm. So every other club knows we need to sell. And if every club knows we need to sell, they're going to go, oh yeah, we'll give you ten million. And yeah, whereas course, Daniel yeah. Levy will want to maximise it, yeah. you you can argue about the way Levy does his business all day long. Does it impact our season? Quite possibly. We'll never know because the bloke won't change. Mm. But he is going to get the maximum he can for any player that's being sold, and he's going to pay the minimum he can for any player we're buying. Yeah, now, anyone here who's ever bought a car? a house or anything like that how many times have you walked out and gone wow i really want that house it's on for a 100 grand i'll give you 500 grand for it mm. nobody has mm. you've yeah, gone exactly. to the estate agent and gone mm, yeah yeah it's been on the market a while i'll give you 95 mm. it's that's life that's the way it works yeah. so why people think that football which in essence is a business i know we're fans and we're fans of a football team not fans of a bank balance but why people can't grasp the fact that football is now a business and that's the way it goes the only clubs that throw money around because like, they don't care are the ones with limitless resources. And that brings me back to the Joe Lewis thing. People say, well, we've got limitless resources. Our owner's a billionaire. Why can't he just back it? Simple. You don't want to. Mm. Mm. Enoch owned the club. Enoch has to be a standalone profit centre. What Enoch makes goes back into the club and so on. He yeah. doesn't invest money. He doesn't take the money out other than his shareholdings. Yeah. When this club sells, he's going to make a killing. Yeah, sure. But you, I don't, I don't get that. You know, if if I won the Euro Millions with you know three hundred million or something like that, and I was running a football team, if it was my life, my passion, I'd be putting it all in there to try and make the team amazing. Mm. But if I was just a businessman who was looking at it as an investment. No, not at all. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you'd be silly too, wouldn't you? Yeah. So uh, people need to just realise that and move on because always they're all the only people they're hurting is themselves. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so Marek Winiarski, Marek, I am sorry, dude. I am saying your name horrifically. I expect <laughs> Winiarski, Winiarski, Marek. I'm going to stick to your first name. Gazaniga as a, as a successor of Loris, or should we search for another young goalkeeper? Um. We should search for another young goalkeeper. Yeah. Gazaniga for me is a number two at best. Yeah, a long a long term successor, but not like you know. If 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 no. we was, for example, lose Lloris 
in a season's time, I wouldn't want Gazaniga to replace mm, him. No, I mean, Gazaniga, you got to remember, he ain't young. He's 25, 26. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he couldn't even get in the Southampton team when we bought him. So mm. let's let's just settle down. He had one yeah. great game last season, but he only had one game. Yeah. Um, we've got Bruce Cowd. Are we starting to lay the new pitch yet? Now, Bruce, I actually replied to you on there, and hopefully some of the stadium facts I've read have been of interest to you. The new pitch is being laid. The So the NFL artificial pitch is down, done, sealed and ready. So the pitch trays have now been put back into position. And yes, real grass is going to be on them very soon. So there we go. Uh, the, the club, if you follow Twitter at all, the club will be all over it. They'll be posting pictures everywhere. And uh, I'm sure we'll put something to the page as well as soon as we've got them. Um, the next one here is from Al Pesh. Hello, Al Pesh. Nice to hear from you again. You've not corrected me on how I'm saying your name, so I'm going to carry on saying it that way. <laughs> uh, Tony Adams' comments about the Spurs boys representing England, and he's just kind of asked us. Now, for anyone not aware, prior to the World Cup, Tony Adams said, you must be able to handle winning emotionally and mentally, and if they don't know how to win it, they aren't going to win it. I'm really worried about these Tottenham players. I don't think they know how to win. They are very good players, but at certain points in seasons and tournaments, you have to step up. There's a psyche that players must have. That's Tony Adams. Um, Tony, watch the penalty shootout and go fuck yourself. <laughs> okay, Adam Som. What happened to doing business early? Uh, Adam, your, your comment got a lot of likes. Um, Adam... I, I think they wanted to. Um, unfortunately, we'll never know the exact ins and outs. But from journalists that I've come to realise are pretty good and tend to know what they're talking about, none of our targets are at the World Cup. None of our initial targets were at the World Cup. Um, so that means that we have been trying to do something. Why it's not happened yet, uh, it could be so many reasons. Mm. The biggest one that I think we run into, and I think we're still going to run into, unfortunately, is we as a club don't pay agents over the top. So you look at Ross Barkley. Ross Barkley was offered basically the same wages with us. Everton were offered basically the same money as what he got at Chelsea. But if you look at the Chelsea accounts for last year, they paid Ross Barkley's agent something like three million quid. Yeah. We wouldn't do that. Mm. We We don't do it. And Ross Barkley's currently got splinters in his ass from the bench. So, <laughs> I mean, unfortunately for me, and I'll say it a thousand times, agents are ruining football and have done for decades. Um, they are leeches in the game. They take money out of the game. It's awful. Um, but as a club, we don't do it. We just won't pay over the odds to secure someone early. So agents are probably keeping their players hanging around, hoping that someone else will come in that will pay over the odds. Yeah, like Man City or a team like that. Yeah, unfortunately yeah. they will, because to them, you know, they're just writing off the oil wealth of a third mm. world country. Um, mm. Liam DeWall. I'm probably saying your name wrong, Liam, I'm sorry. Uh, why haven't we signed anyone? <laughs> I swear Pop wanted business wrapped up early doors and looks like Levy, Levy doing his usual tight last-minute bullshit. Um, it's quite uh, a theme running through these questions. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Liam, I think we've kind of covered it. I, it's really difficult because as a fan, I want to say to you, yeah, I'm with you. It really aggravates me and I think it's affecting our start to the season. But at the same time, 
you've got to remember that Pochettino has seen our wage structure massively increased. Now, all of us as fans took what he said as, yep, sign-ins are coming in early and they're going to be big. Maybe he meant the club's going to change and be brave by breaking our wage structure and securing our players, paying them what they deserve. Mm. Now, Kane's contract's been announced. Uh, I'm fairly confident Ericsson and Delhi are going to be announced. I'm fairly confident there's going to be more and we're going to see our wages jump significantly. Now, I know that's not amazing new signings and everybody loves a new signing, but to me, that's huge. That's like a massive step for our club. The fact that Harry Kane is the best, one of the best strikers in the world and he was earning this less than Chris Smalling, you know, that was, that was a problem. Yeah. Um, Okay, uh, this next one is Georgias Claps. I have no idea. I am so sorry. I'm massacring these names. Man. <laughs> um, I'm not saying anything. Now, the, 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 now the, there's a running theme here. Where are our transfers? We put Kane on a beastly contract, the Ericsson, but where's our wingers? Where's the central midfielder to replace Dembele? Is Janssen coming back? What the f- What's going on? I've already dropped an F-bomb in this, in this yeah, podcast. I won't uh, cut anymore, am I? Yeah, I'm not sure why I'm now editing myself, but it, to be fair, I was talking to Tony Adams, all right? So, um, again, I think I've already answered this, the transfers. It, there's such a... So much could be going on, and we just don't know. I'll, I'll point a lot of people towards uh, the transfer we did for Sonny when we signed him. There was not one journalist who reported that, and when it was announced that he was in London by a German paper, all of the top journalists, Spurs-related as well, denied it, saying it was nonsense. Two days later, he was there holding the shirt. Tottenham, as a club, try their best to keep every deal they're doing under wraps yeah. because they know the Chelsea's of this world will throw money at agents to try and screw us over. Um, I, I think I posted this in our group chat the other day, and this is a genuine quote from Roman Abramovich, okay? We, as a club, had really poor scouting, so we would rely on the scouting of a London neighbour and then simply gazump them as soon as they identified a player. He doesn't name the club, but it doesn't take a friggin' genius to work it out. Yeah. But yeah, so that's why we try and keep things quiet. Now, I've got no doubt stuff's going on. We're going to have to be patient and hope it's worth it. Of course, we're all fearful of, you know, the Ryan Nielsen signings and the Sahas and stuff like that when we're after top names. But we got to be patient. There you go. That's my advice. Be patient. Enjoy the World Cup. Be distracted by it. <laughs> uh, Chris Walters says, Joe Lewis had a meeting on his yacht by Tower Bridge a couple of days ago. Has he found his buyer? Um, unfortunately, Mr. Lewis doesn't run his itinerary past me, um, <laughs> but um, I can say that as a club, we have to issue certain notices if anyone's even thinking about making an offer to us. So the fact that the press or anyone hasn't picked up on it, and there's a fair few people I know who are shareholders, they would have had letters. Um, no, we've not found a buyer yet. Do I think we're up for sale? You're damn right. I think we're up for sale. I think the minute that stadium's open, I think we're going to be sold. Yeah, I think it might be linked to the sponsorship of the ground as well because that's not 
been announced yeah. yet, has it? No, it's not been. No, no. Yeah. it's going to be a while before the Nike Stadium opens. Mm. Um, Linton Ford, hi Linton. Uh, now the wage structure has been increased. What do you see for the future? New contracts, transfers, etc. I think we're going to see a lot of the first team sign new deals. Um, for me, I think Harry Kane's done. I think Delhi and Ericsson are done. Uh, Jan Hugo the basic spine of the team Kieran Trippier I think Daniel Lee was currently hitting his head against the wall because he could have signed Trippier up before the World Cup oh, but course, all, yeah. all sides were super chilled out about it and he just said oh don't worry you know, we'll we'll do the talks when you get back Trippier's agent is currently sat there with pang signs being tattooed on his eyelids times he's signed by every figure yeah, by three <laughs> yeah so um, yeah I, I think all of the key players at the club are being offered new deals there are some players at the club like Lamella who have got options in their contracts to extend it. Uh, Lamella, for example, can have two more years tagged on. And I think that will happen if for no other reason than to protect the value of the player. Uh, Danny Rose is an interesting one. Uh, for all intents and purposes, he's gone. You know, he burnt a lot of bridges. But at the same time, I'm now being told that the club want to sit down with him. So... We shall see what happens. Yeah. Um, Mark Fester Theobald says, could you see Pock spending big, bringing in big name players, big wage budgets? I don't think that's him. I I don't know. I mean, I think if someone offered him Messi tomorrow, I think he'd snatch their hands off. But I don't think he's the type. I think he's the type of coach that wants to develop someone and create the next whoever or create someone. Um, I, I I could be completely wrong, but I just don't see him being the type of coach to go. Right, we need to spend a hundred million on this player, or I'm off. Mm-hmm. Um, could be wrong, but we'll see. Uh, Stuart Burgess is the new ground going to be ready? Kind of covered it earlier on. Uh, all signs seem to be yes. It's going to be ready. And last but not least, we have Michael John Rogers. I wonder if Michael Rogers John <laughs> or John Rogers Michael. <laughs> Michael, you've probably had dumbass jokes like that your whole life, so I apologise. <laughs> um, do you really think there's a lot of sour grapes from certain fans of an unnamed clubs about our boys doing well for England? Can't help feeling proud of the Tottenham lads, but we may be setting ourselves up for a major backlash if we crash and burn. Got to remember our motto. Now you've written to to do is to dare here. <laughs> the words are there just in the wrong order so, so Michael Rogers John could be correct um, yeah to dare us to do Mike um, I was insanely nervous for the Tottenham players stepping up because of the, I was thinking of the sheer amount of abuse they will get if they didn't miss their penalties the irony of the Liverpool player missing was not lost on anybody given the way their fans have been on social media um, that's not me having to go at him, by the way. Uh, he's got my full support, and any of them who missed, like I said, you got the bottle to stand up there, unlike Jamie Vardy, who's mm. now suddenly hurt his groin. Mm. Um, then you've got my utmost respect, score or miss. Um, but yeah, so yeah, you're talking about unnamed club. I mean, you're talking about Liverpool fans. They've been a nightmare on social media. I put a tweet out yesterday, and this is true. Until that 2 2 draw Anfield, I had eight accounts blocked on Twitter. Just people who were assholes yeah. i'm now over 300 and i'll tell God, you what Jesus. they are liverpool fans 
they are uh, on their own planet. I, I can debate yeah. things with people. I can disagree, agree to disagree. I cannot just understand some of their views. It just, there's no logic. And no. things that aren't logical, are, you know, just drive me insane. And these, mm. yeah, they are on another planet. My favourite thing, though, is Everton fans. Every time Liverpool go off on something, they, they tweet just going, told you, we told you they were <laughs> mental. Yeah. And and you're right, Everton fans, you've had to deal with this for years. You are my new heroes in patience. They're like, they're like our allies now, aren't they? They are, yeah, massively, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think, I think all joking aside, a lot of Everton fans are looking at Tottenham in the new stadium saying that's the blueprint we want to follow. Yeah. Um, sure. And, you know, they've seen us go from being in very similar positions to us becoming a top four side. And us, you know, they've just had their AVB moment of yeah. uh, a coach that on paper looked like it could work, spending a shed load of money and it not working. So I hope for them with their, you know, they then had their Tim Sherwood moment in Sam Allardyce. <laughs> and now they're hoping the guy they've appointed is going to be their Pochettino. Um, yeah. From a rivalry point of view, of course, you know, you stay in your lane, boys. Don't don't try and <laughs> break the top four. But if you could hammer Liverpool on a regular basis and finish above them, I'd love that. Yeah, we'd appreciate that. Yeah, that that'd be just <laughs> joyous for everybody. Um, but man, that that's me done. That's all the comments. Is there anything else you wanted to discuss this week? Oh, I think we've covered everything, haven't we? Oh, I think we have. Um, yeah. Rumors-wise, there's nothing fresh. Um, the Colombian defensive midfielder who dropped the headbutt into Jordan Henderson is being heavily linked with us. Um, <laughs> now, there's a lot of comedy in that. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know how I feel. I'm finding it very funny. But uh, but basically, he's being heavily linked with us. And a player who I really like, Victor Wanyama, is being linked away. Oh, okay. Um, so if we were to sign this defensive midfielder, like a little Rottweiler, Barrios, um, it would appear that that means that Wanyama is going to be off to Germany. Uh, Barrios costing us about 16 million and us getting about 22 million for Wanyama. A good standard, Levy deal. Standard Levy trading, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'd be sad to see Wanyama leave. I really would. Yeah. Uh, Personality-wise, um, and just I think one fit, he is a great player in the squad. Uh, you know, you can rotate him and Dyer out, keep them both fresh. Uh, I know every player wants to play every game, but they got to realise over a long season playing four competitions that we're hoping to win. You know, you you got to expect to be rotated in and out, and of course injuries happen. So yeah, of course. Uh, I'd I'd much prefer to keep Wanyama personally, mm. but that's the only solid rumor out there at the moment. And the reason why I call it solid is because the person who broke the story is the same person who broke the Juan Foyf story last summer, and that was another one that everybody laughed at. Said what a load of nonsense. Where's that come from? No one's even heard of this kid, and as we all know, a few weeks later he signed. So exactly. we shall wait and see. But uh, man, that's me done. Fantastic. I will speak to you next week. A big thank you to everybody who's been listening. Uh, we're, we've broken 450 unique listens across all of the podcasts now. So that's, a great, that's a great start. Uh, we'll throw a party at 500, <laughs> uh, which is basically just lifting a glass of shandy in the sunshine. <laughs> you take it steady, man. We'll speak next week. Yeah, take care, mate. Thank you for listening to the Spurs News Podcast. Be sure to join over 50,000 other Spurs fans 
on our Facebook page at Spurs News. Until next time, come on, you Spurs! And remember, to dare is to do.